the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Buckle up and start your engines. This is You Ought to Know with Dave Stahl. With 30-plus years of automotive experience, Dave is here to educate you on everything from repairing your vehicle to the latest industry news and trends. If it's automotive, Dave covers it. It's time for You Ought to Know with Dave Stahl on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back to the You Ought to Know show. Did you check that out, folks? Tony Hawk was on my show. This segment is brought to you by Southwest Point of Sale. Got a business that has cash registers and you're having trouble with people. Well, Southwest Point of Sale can definitely hook you up. Just give them a call at 800-540-2149 or southwestpointofsale.com. They even do, their their systems will measure and weigh meat and produce. And, you know, you're not going to spend any more than you would for a cash register. So get into the 21st century Walmart, Home Depot, and Costco. Do it. Southwestpointpos.com. Southwestpointpos.com. And let's go ahead and run an interview, which I had planned to do today, and that is with Toyota's Collaborative Safety Research with Jason Hallman. Pretty interesting. Take a listen. All right. Hey, folks, i got a great interview for you today. I've got uh, Jason Hallman, Senior Manager at Toyota, and we are going to talk about Toyota's Collaborative Safety Research. Well, if you know anything about Toyota, they're always big, 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 big on safety, so let's find out from Jason what's going on at Toyota. Hey, Jason, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm great, Dave. How are you doing? Just fine, just fine. So what have you got up your sleeve this time? Uh, well, I appreciate the time to talk to you today. Yeah, I want to talk to you a little bit about Toyota's Collaborative Safety Research Center, or the CSRC as we call it. Uh, uh-huh. We're a uh, North American R&D headquarters for uh, up here in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, I'm senior manager, which means I am privileged to contribute to the leadership and administrative operations of this great multidisciplinary team of safety researchers. So from a safety standpoint, are you talking whole car, interior car? What what, what area are, are you guys working on? Well, thanks for asking. So CSRC's mission is the safe integration of future mobility solutions for all Uh, In other words, we're helping to pave the way to a future safe mobility society. So we do that by partnering with university researchers uh, here in North America to address gaps in knowledge or emerging safety needs having to do with, you know, the whole car, uh, with drivers. Uh, We focus a lot on uh, crash protection, crash avoidance, but also driver behavior and distraction, and even education about the safety features, you know, the beeps and buzzers that customers are beginning to experience more and more in their everyday vehicles. Yeah, now this is probably a little off the subject matter, but maybe not. Uh, you know, we've had the three-point seatbelt harness now since, what, the 70s. 
Are you guys looking at a different seatbelt configuration for the future at all? Uh, that's a good question. So the, the three-point seatbelt is, like you mentioned, been around for a long time. It's a proven, effective technology. What we're doing here at the CSRC is we're looking at the tools that we have as an industry to design and evaluate those things like the seatbelt. Uh, so whether it be crash dummies or the new computational human body models that we're working on, uh, these are things that we're partnering with universities to, to gr create a, a broader, more effective toolbox to design new features like that. Well, I'm, I'm a big component for seatbelts. I mean, I race cars periodically, so seatbelts to me are everything. But I'm starting to see more and more news stories of accidents where people are not wearing their seatbelts. Uh, so I don't, you know, I, I look at seatbelts a lot, and I and I don't know what, you know, we could do. Remember back when we used to have the retractable seatbelt that, you know, you shut the door and it would run along a rail and it would put the seatbelt on you. Uh, consumers, mm -hmm. you know, consumers didn't like that. So, you know, it was just kind of a question I had in my head because I knew that I'd be chatting with you today, just wondering what you may have have come up with. So I know you're working on it. So. You know, it's all about saving lives. And one manufacturer was doing inflatable belts for the back seat consumer. Have you looked at that? Um, well, as I mentioned, one of the things that we're doing for the CSRC is specifically looking at the tools that are needed to develop devices like that. Um, okay. <clears throat> things like uh, new tools like an inflatable belt or other advanced safety technologies, uh, sorry, new countermeasures like those, uh, require better and better tools to be able to predict injury and, and judge how effective they are in at protecting occupants. And so that's what we're focused on. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. So you're basically, you know, again, it's, you know, there's so much that you can look at because, you know, you, it, you know, safety, you know, outside, I mean, when somebody else is driving the car, you don't have a lot of control. So you have to do everything you can within the car to help people, uh, I, I've, I've always been a, a firm believer that, you know, I know a lot of times you have to get in trouble with drink, drinking and driving, but I don't know. I'd almost like to have something in the car that, that you blow into before you start it automatically. And I know that for some reason they say that infringes on people's rights, but when it comes to drinking and driving, I don't think that, that fits. So I don't know if you're looking at that as well. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. That's actually something that new for this year. We just announced it uh, a few weeks ago and uh, that we are kicking off the project to look at how to detect driving impairment through some of the increasing uh, digitization of the vehicles that customers buy today. So whether it be through driving data or if there's a, a driver monitor camera that may be installed for other purposes like distraction detection, can we use that? to perhaps also detect uh, if a driver is impaired and might pose a risk to themselves or others. Right. You know, you know and I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm very excited to hear that. And, and like I said, you know, I've been with Toyota as a service manager for 10 years. You know, and safety and reliability has always been your benchmark. And when I heard that, that, that you guys are doing this at CSRC, I was really excited about giving you a call because it just furthers the goal that Toyota has always had, and that's that's consumer safety. Yeah, and one of the unique things about the CSRC 
is that our, our mission is to, uh, as I mentioned, to the safe integration of future mobility solutions for all. And one of the ways we do that is by sharing our research findings openly with the industry and with policymakers and other stakeholders uh, with the goal that everybody would benefit from these results and the actionable uh, takeaways that we get from these projects. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. Uh, you know, a couple of manufacturers are putting the, the turn signal cameras in the dash, uh, which I think I think everybody should have that ability. Uh, and I know some companies hang on to their 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 ideas longer than they should, but be that as it may, I'm glad to hear that you're willing to share with you know the the industry because I mean, let's face it, all of our customers are the same. They're people that need to need and want to drive cars. Uh, autonomous driving with the cameras and looking at your eyes, is that part of your safety uh, package as well as what you're researching? Uh, yeah, we do have some projects ongoing, particularly with the, what they call level two or kind of the, the driver support feature that can help you steer and ma maintain a lane as well as maintain a speed in, in following traffic. Uh, we're particularly interested in how drivers use those technologies and how the driver monitoring systems that can uh, help drivers to maintain awareness while they're using these features, uh, how they interact with them, and how we can best support drivers uh, when they use these kinds of driver's assistance, driver assistance features. Yeah, geez, I asked about three future products, and you answered me. My, I think I'm going to keep this interview forever. Because <laughs> I mean, normally you guys don't talk about future products, but I guess when it comes to safety, it's, that's not a secret. It's all about keeping people alive, keep, keeping the kids alive, uh, and it's and it's 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 got to be a full time job, but it's got to be a rewarding job because when you see these ideas and these collaborations come out and with other people and in the and the colleges that you know it's you guys are definitely on the right track. There's no doubt about it. Now, what you're working on today? When do you suppose a consumer will see that in an end product? Oh, that's a great question. Unfortunately, I don't have a good timeline for you for any of this. What I do know is that the research projects that we work on are typically on a uh, 18 to 24-month duration. So our goal is to partner with the university and complete the work within that 18 to 24 months to have some clear results that we can share with the industry or share with our product development team or share with policymakers in order to help move us all forward towards our vision of a safe mobility society. All right. Well, I tell you what, man, that's, I'm, I'm very excited about what you're doing, and I'm sure you're more excited than I am since you're behind the wheel, so to speak. And I, I think the future of the automobile is exciting, uh, and I think Toyota is going to be one of the, the main leaders in, if nothing else, safety, but everything else that comes with it. Um, so, hey, congratulations, and uh, I'll get with the gang, and maybe we can talk down the road uh, when it gets closer to the end of your, you know, your program, and then we'll find out what what came out at the other end. Well, thanks so much. Happy to do that, and appreciate the time to chat with you today. All right, Jason. You take care, and have a wonderful week. Thank you. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back to You Ought to Know FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. The segment is brought to you by Elk. Uh, Express Auto Service in El Cajon, 7633 El Cajon Boulevard, Dave and Connie. 
will take care of all your automotive needs. 619-463-1484. Or just go to expressautoservicelamesa.com. That's where I have all my cars worked on. Tell them I sent you. All right, we got Kristen Barclay on the line. How you doing, kiddo? How are you today? I thought about you the other day. Uh, uh-oh. No, my air conditioner in the house quit. Oh, no. And you were like, it's all Kristen's fault. I go, this sounds like a Kristen story. Why is this happening? <laughs> Mine has only been in since 1998. So it's time for it. Okay, this is during the like, epic historical heat wave of 2022 <sighs> in California, right? Tell me about it. Yeah. So they wanted to work on it. They wanted to try to find the leak. And I said, no, it's it's 20 years old. Just put a new one in and quit dinking around. Because that's how they make all their money, trying to patch it. But anyway, let's talk about the Kia Sorento, which my brother's daughter's moving to Surprise, Arizona, and wanted one and thought she could just go down to the dealer and pick it up. That, oh, that, that car! That car is so popular. I know. So especially the, um, you know, there's like four powertrain choices, and oh. it, it, it's available in like hybrid and the the plug-in hybrid. And if you want a plug-in hybrid and you don't order it, forget it. You're, yeah. you're just not going to find it. Yeah, and that just tells you, folks, how good this car is from Kia. I mean, there's really not a bad one, but this, I, I, this car fit exactly what I would do if I was looking for one. You know what Marlon said within like the first five minutes, and you know this is. Um, I was in the Sorento X line, so it's kind of their uh, off-road tuned version. Mm. Um, you know, we're not talking major rock no. climbing, right? We're just, yeah. you know, if, if you live in, in maybe like a an area where there's some gravel pathways, or you know, um, but uh, the first thing Marlon said within the first five minutes is. Every time I get in a Kia, I'm reminded of the the bang for the buck, so to speak. He's like it's just because he was he was looking, you know, it. it he was started counting. I don't know why, but he's counting the USB port. Yeah. And he was like, I think eight in here, and I was like, yeah, I think so too. And he was like, who puts eight USB ports in a vehicle for under fifty thousand dollars? And yeah. I'm like, Kia, Hyundai, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, they've just continued to push the envelope with more and more and more features and advanced features, like their um, uh, the the blind spot monitoring when you turn your signal oh, off. I love that. I hate to tell you, I was just talking to uh, a, a, a Toyota, and we were t- it was a safety interview with about the safety uh, uh, deal they're working on in Toyota, like every dealer. And I says, you know, I hate to say it, but you really need to get the turn signal in your dash the way Kia does. And then I caught myself that I was interviewing Toyota and telling them that they should. <laughs> but yeah. you know what I've noticed? Though? You know, we've talked before about how uh, manufacturers keep going to these, like, sleek designs that look really cool on the outside. Yeah. And then you get inside and you realize they've created some blind spot. Yeah. And. Maybe the answer to that problem is is that camera with the signal because you know I always say don't necessarily trust the radar but when you're seeing you know mm. in real time it's out there it's a little bit different than just trusting radar right um, and that you know, doesn't so I, and that and that it'll come on but it might come on late I I have an Audi right now that that I mean I almost pulled left into a lane. 
And if I had, I'd have probably gotten hit. But the light worked on the. But it was. It's sometimes. It's interesting thing for you to look for is is the shortness of when does that vehicle come into the to the radar range. Well, that's true. And I mean, I just remind people just don't completely rely on that. Don't. You know, I, I think the vehicles have come so far with technology that we start trusting it, right? Well, it's yeah. got the backup camera, yeah. and, you know, I, I know I'm going to see. I mean, I always kind of walk behind my car when I get in anyways just to make sure that nobody's left something out there that maybe it's just <laughs> right in that blind spot of that camera because there are blind spots. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the age my kids are, you know, I'm now having to worry. I'm not worried about them standing back there and me not seeing them. I'm worried that they've left their skateboard or their basketball or, mm-hmm. you know, something back there. Um I like the fact that the Sorrento has the three rows. And, you know, it, you point out, well, it's it's a compact third row, right? It's not meant for you to sit back there. Um, but this isn't a vehicle that people are buying to use the third row day no. in, day out. And so I do like the fact that, that it's back there and that it's an option, and yet there's still plenty of room in the second row. And I also like the fact that you can, um, you know, touch the button on the second row captain chair and the seat just slides forward. Yep. Um, I, we, we did a grocery run. It seems like every time I have a vehicle, we need groceries. And um, we did a Costco run, and there was something that had slid forward, and I was able just to push that second row out of the way and, and get it without, um, you know, practicing my gymnastics and contorting myself. And you know what I'm talking about. How many times does something, like, get in a weird spot, and you start really feeling your age when you're trying to get it? I don't know why I do it, Dave. Why don't I just call the kids and say, hey, kids, come back. That's why no, I, I thought I it was just me. And, I thought it was just me. How could that no, fall? No, I tried to myself uh, and then I ran my back or something. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> hey, you got kids. Come on. Put them to work. You know, I know. I know. Exactly. I should. I should. I should start to have them doing the reviews, too. Well, because, I mean, we, they- we talked about it, and I'm sure they had something to say about this vehicle, or was this a, all right, Mom, it's cool. No, you know what they they noticed the leather seats in it, which I thought was interesting. They were just like, these are really soft leather seats. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I, I thought that was funny the way that they said that. But, you know, they're starting to notice things like whether or not the second row has heated seats now because they're out of their booster seats. So they're actually yeah. right. And so things like that, they really do notice. Um, you know, my daughter said, I don't know why all cars don't have this uh, large, you know, digital instrument panel now because she rides in the front row sometimes now because she's almost 14. So, you know, she's gotten to that age. Um, They start pointing out things like the touchscreen, like, oh, this touchscreen. You know, I'm in a different Kia this week. I'm in the uh, the EV6. And my daughter said that the piano black is scratched on the passenger side. Like there's some serious scratching. And she said, you know, that would make me think twice about a car that has some of those piano black pieces. Mm-hmm. She said because it shows scratches more than some of the other plastic materials that they use. Yeah. You know, I know that I would have noticed that on my own. Did, so. I, did I not suggest having your kids involved way back when? I them up. I can't get them to go in the air. They're like, <laughs> I, you know, hey, Mackenzie, what'd you like about... I liked it. I yeah, well, of course. But, <laughs> dude... I, I do a, a motorsport show where I interview a lot of kids your kid's age. It's the worst. Because off air, you can't shut them up. The minute the mic, the light goes on, they one-word answers. So, And you know what I liked about the hybrid? And I think, again, everybody's talking about plug-ins and all electric and all of that. And all ga- if one of the What I would do, I would, I would move everybody into a, a hybrid and then a plug-in hybrid then go get an electric car. 
you almost need to go through that transition. And I really like Kia's hybrid, too. Yeah, it's kind of phases. You know, I had the gas-powered one the week that I had it, 27 highway, 24 combined, 22 city. Um, and, and I don't think that I used very much gas, and I don't hypermile like you. Right. Um, but this week I'm in the EV6 and really, really enjoying driving it. It's, you know, fully electric um, and haven't needed to plug it in yet. But I, the, the key is just offering so much flexibility, right? Same right. thing like you're saying, like you get the hybrid, then you get into a plug-in hybrid, right. you know, then you move into you know, kind of same thing. I think the Sorento is a great vehicle for somebody who doesn't have to move up to that Telluride yet. Right. Because you're 45,000, um, and this is the top of the line. Sure. You can certainly get into a, a Kia Sorento for a lot less. It's a great kind of stepping stone, so to speak. No, I, I totally agree. And, and one of the best ways to make that happen and keep money in your pocket is just lease this one. And when the lease is up, get the next one. And when the lease is up, get the next one. Your payments will pretty much stay the same, and you'll be in three technologies within three three-year leases, nine years. I mean, just a thought. But the people can't well, yeah, people can't get over the word lease. They think when you lease, you're throwing money away. But, well, here's the question: Are people asking you like, what's the what's the availability to lease these days, given the market and the demand that we're in? It's just as tough as sales. I mean, it's almost it's it's almost like here here's the car. It's for sale. You have a choice. You want to lease this car, not 12 of them, this car. Do you want to lease it or do you want to buy it? And Well, and so so here's the thing. That when you have a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited power train mm-hmm. warranty like the argument that I get is people say, why would I go lease it? Why wouldn't I go buy this Kia? Because demand is what it is right now. Right. It doesn't look like it's dropping anytime soon. And so they're saying there's such a value proposition. Couldn't I buy it, drive it for a couple of years, and sell it for almost what I paid for it? it, it but that's today, so, that's kind of today's society, too. you got to think of it that way as well. You know, we're in a very rare, rare, you know, industry standard you know with lack of product chips whatever you want to call it so it's kind of different sales wise because i've helped three people four people buy brand new cars and it's just insane and the consumer is stepping up and they might complain but if they want a vehicle they're going to get a vehicle well, and that's the thing. I mean, you're compromising a lot right now. Like, well, people might not actually get the exact trim level they want. They might not even get the color they want. Right. But here's a question. You know me. I never focus on color, right? It, right. You know, it's, there's some I like, there's some I don't, whatever. But I never really focus on it. This was in, Kia calls it wolf gray. Mm. I call it Paul gray. It, it looks like that color of somebody who, like, had the flu and they're kind of recovering. <laughs> here's why I bring it up. Because... I noticed I had it during some time when um, the visibility was kind of, you know, grayish, foggy outside. It was kind of hard to see the vehicle. So my question for you is, have you ever noticed that? Have you ever steered anyone away from a gray like that? Because if you are in a foggy, you know, stormy environment, it could make it harder to see the car. That is amazing. I have No, I have not thought of that because I consider myself pretty good at thinking about things like that. But that makes more sense, especially with these grays that they are coming out with, either the matte color with no, I mean, there's no just no distinction between you know a gray foggy day. There's nothing to break that up. Ooh, that's interesting. 
No, I, and it's a trendy color right now. I know, I know. Yeah. He had the Ford Maverick the same week, and it was the exact same color. And yeah. I did kind of a who wore it better post. But I just, you know, I told him, I said, you know, it's not something maybe that's on top of people's minds, but. No, I bet it's, you know, it's nowhere, unless the color offends you. You know, if it's a green or if it's an orange or something, that'll, when you walk up to there's no way. But people won't think about that with a gray car until maybe somebody almost pulls into their lane or, you know. I, I think that's a, that's an ex, you know that's a good point. If I, I'm going to use that if anybody wants to talk to me about cars. Hey, I got to let well, you. go. my dad brought. Yeah. My dad reminded me years ago. We were in Colorado and we were renting a vehicle, and he said, "Never rent a white vehicle when you're in a snow town." And I said, "Why?" And he said, "Because a lot of times there's whiteouts." And he goes, "You're never going to see your vehicle. They're only going to see like your tail lights or your headlights." That's so he true. He was like, "You want them to see your vehicle?" And I was like, "Oh, okay." So you know, it kind of stuck with me. That is so cool. I never thought of that. Hey, kid. Enjoy the rest of your week. How do people follow you? FocusDailyNews.com or find us on Facebook, Facebook.com backslash YAK Radio. There's a lot of car news coming out lately, so stay tuned. All right, Jake. Take care. We're going to take a quick break. This is You Ought to Know, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. Hi, folks. Welcome back to You Ought to Know, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. John's Automotive Care, the original 6267 Riverdale Street, San Diego. Go to johnsandiegoautorepair.com. That's johnsandiegoautorepair.com. Napa Auto Care, ASE certified, AAA approved. Hey, you want to hear about the new Dodge Charger Concept Electric? Well, I've got Bob Bonderdort from the Vice President of Dodge Sales on the line. Take a listen. Well, you know, it seems like the concept cars folks are popping out of the woodwork probably because the auto show scene is coming up. But Dodge is doing a car. It's a Dodge Charger concept, all electric. But this one looks like it could end up on the showroom floor, where the other ones I've interviewed and talked about, they'll never see the showroom floor. We got uh, Bob uh, Border Dork. He's with us. He's the vice president of Dodge Sales and Marketing. Bob, it looks like this Charger is real close to hitting the dealer. Is it my my assumption, or is, is that possible? Well, I think the uh, the product that we've certainly showcased so far is we kind of coined the phrase, this is no science project. This is not fantasy. We're not in the mission of just getting you excited. We want to get you excited, but to have a property and a concept and a direction that we actually think we can bring to life. So uh, no announcements as of right now other than a concept car, but there is very much a lot of writing on the wall on where we think we can go with this. Well, it doesn't look like you have to modify it much from what it already looks like. Now, granted, the inner workings and all that, that makes total sense. But, you know, it doesn't have gull wing doors and it doesn't have wings on the back. I mean, it looks like, what it looks like, it looks like you gave a charger to a, a hot rodder and he built it and you guys said, okay, that'll be our concept. That's what it looked like to me when I first seen it. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I think are true to form to where the industry is going. So, yes, it's much closer to what could be reality rather than just building a fantasy car, much of which you referred to. A lot of manufacturers have made cars that are clear, clearly just, you know, a artistic vision rather than an actual could be possible. Right. And, and you know, you know as much as I – I mean, you know how much it costs to do that. I mean, that's a lot of money going out the door that some of the parts and pieces may end up in vehicles down the road. but. Be that as it may, I like the true-to-form 
And folks, I know you're all, nobody's really happy about electric vehicles, especially if you're a, a car guy or a car girl. But you've got something called Fratzonic chambered exhaust. Tell us about that. Yeah, so what what we wanted to approach, and to your point, was, look, when you think about today's muscle cars and where we would evolve electrification, creating the list of things that probably you know you don't like about it, it really doesn't take very long. That was actually our very first meeting when we designed this concept was what don't you like? And I think the sound was probably the most number one thing that was out there. So when we went to work with our engineers, how do we create a visceral experience that truly gives you the feeling of a muscle car and do it in a way that isn't necessarily built around, you know, an ice combustion engine? So the Fretonic chambered exhaust was something that, that we de- derived, patent, and basically created the ability to drive uh, air in sound through a chamber that will give you very much a, a unique visceral experience. And that's what we've done with our patent on this concept. Fantastic. And then you went one step farther because, folks, you can't see me, but what's the next thing you hate about an electric car? It drives like a golf cart. Well, guess what? Dodge understands that, and they've got a system called the Erupt Multi-Speed Transmission. Tell us about that little gem. Yeah, so to to, to your point, it's, it's essentially the, the linear acceleration of today's electric cars is you want to have that roller coaster feel. I mean, it's, it's, it's that exact example of how do you create the shifts, the movements, the throwing back of your shoulders. And this transmission system basically is an electronic mechanical shifting experience is what the customer will go through that as they're driving this product, they're going to be able to feel some of those shifts and basically moving you back in your chair to really create that sensation that we've come to know on today's car. So I think that's, that's really that's two of the examples of how we're trying to approach electrification differently. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, you guys are hot rodders. I mean, I'm, I figured you'd be the last one to even think about electric, even though you've been thinking about electric right along with everybody else. But I like the fact that you decided to go a different direction. You know, for example, I talked a little bit about, you know, looking like cars of days gone by, the grill details. I mean, you've got that 68 Dodge Charger look, which I had one, and I, or I had a 69, I had a 68 Roadrunner, so you're talking to a major enthusiast, but you really brought what I would call Dodge into the future with electrification and all the other silly things that are coming. Excuse that, but I'm old. But you really, this car is, I mean, you're going to have a hard time keeping these things on the lot once they do hit the lot, i got to tell you. Yeah, we, we liked the way the, the exterior came together. We wanted something that was definitely modern, because the, the new car definitely is modern, there's no question. But I think it evokes that iconic muscle car, that 68, 69, that, that era, very much, where you quickly, you're drawn to it, you're inspired by it, you kind of got that feeling of, man, this is one of the most iconic muscle cars ever created within a very modern interpretation, and it kept a lot of the nuances true to form. So I think that's kind of how the design team went after it. We were very happy to see this concept come together, and then with a lot of the patents and advanced technology, we think we're going to have a pretty impressive product. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. Then you put a panoramic roof in it, because everybody seems to like those, and then the thing that I don't think any other electric vehicle is doing you put a rear hatch with a full flat rear seat so where you can lift it up and load your car up with whatever it is you need to load it up with, which is phenomenal because, I mean, 
It's not an SUV. It's a car. And and you're and is this going to be a two door or four door? Uh, the concept's only a two door. Okay, well stick with it. <laughs> stick with it. Don't don't add any more doors. We're perfectly good with two doors. No, I'm only kidding. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I I just have to tell you that. I mean, you know, even though they're they're not the most easy to get in and out of, but now you've got a uh, what, what's up with the uh, the touch of a steering wheel button? The driver can engage auto sport track and drag mode. Yeah. So and again, just just like the the, the rear hatch that you talked about, the, these are items that need to become part of the functional experience. So again, we can make a smaller car. There's no question. We can make a smaller car to address uh, you know the, the weight of the issue. But having a rear hatch, keeping the car functional, and then still offering the driving experiences, like you mentioned. Uh, that's something that we can also do from a programming. If you plan for this and want your car to be able to do this, everything from an auto and sport mode all the way to a drag and donut mode. Those are the types of things that you're still going to want to be able to do as an enthusiast. And if you're passionate about cars, why would we take the fun away? Yeah. No, I, I, I'm right there with you. Where's the best place for folks to go take a look at this thing up close and personal online that would be? Yeah, I would, I would start with DodgeGarage.com has really all of the content from the reveal. Uh, you can look at everything from the Neverlift plan, all the content, all the reveals, really get to get into the car and see what this thing is. And then obviously at uh, all of our auto shows, we're going to continue to try to get this thing out there and uh, get as many eyeballs on it as possible. And man, I can, and I can, I'm sure you're going to have some pretty wild popping paint jobs to go along with it. Oh, I, I, it wouldn't be Dodge without some unique paint colors and some fun along the way, right? I mean, that's something, I, I guess, in, in the simplest, and I think that a lot of our enthusiasts were nervous, you know, what happens as we go? And, and I think the easiest way for us is to say, look, nothing stops. We, we know who we are. We're not changing. You know, we didn't ask the rules to change. They did. And we're going to take every advantage of them we can. But if you're going to change with the times, you're going to make it exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, the entire DNA of the brand, I mean, that's, that's what we need to do. So if they're going to go electrification, we're going to take that technology and make the nastiest muscle car we can. Well, it's nice. The man at the top is probably one of the biggest gearheads I have ever seen. I mean, he's all about performance. He's all about horsepower. And he has leaded a team of heavy-duty enthusiasts. Keep up the good work. I know it's not a Dodge, but my cousin and I are putting together a 1970 Plymouth Roadrunner 446 pack air grabber four speed. That is a phenomenal car. You guys yeah. are going to have an absolutely blast putting that together. I'm all, we're almost done and let me tell you, I'm so excited I can't even hardly see straight. Alright, Bob, hey, always good talking to you. Hope we can talk maybe down the road, get a little bit closer to you know, getting these things on the street and get some people's opinion and and if you ever get it down close to San Diego, man, I'll tell you what, I also do uh, television, and I'll be happy to uh, share it with the public. Well, as always, we appreciate the support and appreciate you having me on. So enjoy the rest of your day, and thank you so much. You too, buddy. Take care. Thanks. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back. This is the You Ought to Know Show, FM 96.1, AM 1170. This segment is brought to you by Convoy Auto Repair, Napa Auto Care, ASE certified, AAA approved. Man, I tell you. You really can't beat Convoy Auto Service. Uh, you can call them at 858-560-9131 or just go to their website, convoyautorepair.com, Napa Auto Care, ASC certified. You can't go any better than that. 
And if you got a little scratch, ding, or dent, or maybe even a big dent, you can go to Collision Dock right there in Kearney Mesa. Go to CollisionDock.com, uh, CollisionDock.com, 858-252-7850. All right, my last interview for you today. If you're a Mustang person, i got to send this to Brittany. You might be interested in what uh, Jason or Jain Cadiz is doing for you. Right here. Take a listen. Well, folks, hey, Ford's at it again. They're going to do a thing called the Best Dang Decade, and it looks like you get to participate. Well, I got my good buddy, uh, Gian uh, Caddy's in the house. He's the communications manager for Ford. What fun things are you doing now? You know what's awesome, Dave, is that we have the chance to debut the all-new Mustang on September 14th in the Motor City, the town that has always been built with our fans and enthusiasts, like, live. Usually it's, you know, reserved for media days during an auto show. Instead, we want a festival atmosphere welcoming everyone in. We have over 1,000 cars registered coming into Detroit, which means at least one, one person per car, plus all the other attendees and showgoers. It's going to be one great epic event uh, almost a week from today down in Hart Plaza in the, kind of the heart of Detroit. So we're we're excited. That is so cool. Uh, so the so that's I really appreciate the fact that you're giving the fans the first look at this. I know journalists will see it through their avenues, but you know because it's really about the fans. I mean, the fans have been driving Ford Motor Company forever, not the journalists. That that's right. You know, again, we we do this for our fans. It's only happened six other times in Mustangs history, right? Across six decades, there's been six previous generations. Uh, the seventh generation absolutely is for our fans, enthusiasts, and folks that, uh, you know, new customers, new to Ford, uh, who've always maybe been interested in Mustang, or maybe this new one will attract customers, and we hope, that, uh, you know, have never considered Mustang, but, you know, it is that opportunity for them to, you know, that vehicle to share their self-expression, you know, that kind of sense of freedom of the road. Uh, you know, that Mustang's always stood for, and, uh, you know, we can't wait to show the new one for these folks. Well, I can't wait to see it either, and I just got two new Mustang car shirts for TV, so I see how close it comes, but I don't, I don't think it's going to come close at all. <laughs> so what, I mean, are you doing anything else? I mean, I mean, is there any contest going on? Or Yeah, that's great that you brought that up. So the best thing decade. As part of the Stampede event, which is the global debut event in Detroit for the new generation Mustang, right, we'll debut it. As part of this, we've got the Best Stang, Best Stang Decade Contest. It's the opportunity for our fans to come join us here in Detroit dressed up in their favorite period of Mustang. So six decades, there's a lot of different looks that Mustangs stood for and span, uh, you know, across that time. And uh, what I meant stood for Think about all the cultural relevance Mustang has had. You know, it's one reason that Mustang stays fresh, exciting, and successful is that it's been in over 5,000 TV shows, movies, you know, uh, songs. It's been all over the place forever. It's been with us. And that there's so many characters over those, you know, almost six decades that, uh, you know, we want folks to dress like their favorite one. And so if it's, you know, something from the 60s and 70s or you want to be Steve McQueen from Bullet or Farrah Fawcett with the Mustang 2 from Charlie's Angels, great, good for you. Like, 
you know, we want we we welcome all of that. Oh my God! You know you're gonna get. You know what your Mustang uh, fans are like. You are gonna you're gonna have so many people. <laughs> it is going to be insane. Okay, so what are you gonna dress at? What era? You know what? I've been trying to figure this out, and that is definitely on my list of things to do this week. Uh, I'm probably gonna go something in the '80s. Uh, I think that might be fun. I don't know if I have a, necessarily a Mustang character from a movie yet. I did think about uh, Diamonds Are Forever, but I don't think uh, Sean Connery in that one uh, was that excitingly dressed. No one would probably recognize that. So I, I got to figure something out. Uh, that's definitely on my hit list, but it'll probably be from the 70s or 80s. Um, but I think what matters most is we probably will have a few thousand folks or more uh, on hand for this debut event, that is and what's 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 driving the f- driving this though is that uh, we're going to take two winners from e- each decade and then pick a grand grand you know right. first place second place and third place first place is a two year lease of an all new Mustang GT so you know relative relative to the attendees great chance to win a new car I don't know many other ways. Uh, that might have such a high percentage uh, versus other uh, contests. So we're, we are we know that our, you know to your point, our Mustang faithful will show up strongly. We know people just you know like to dress up uh, for stuff like this, and you know it oh, is yeah. kind of it, it is it is going to be a great moment in time, and to, the potential to win a new car, uh, new Mustang of all things, is right. a great bonus. Well. And I'm looking at second place, which is an early drive of the all-new Mustang. And, folks, Ford doesn't, I mean, treats you, will treat you like a king. And third place is a hot lap of the new Mustang with a Ford performance driver. I don't know which of the three should be number one, number two, or number three. They're all fantastic. <laughs> I mean, hell, I'd want to do all of them. <laughs> but, I mean, no, oh, that, that's going to be just, oh, what a... What a memory-making experience this is going to be. Yeah, and the best thing, again, is, you know, the first Mustang debuted at the World's Fair in 1964. This one will debut in its hometown. It is the Motor City's hometown sports car. It is made here proudly by our folks in Flat Rock at the Flat Rock Assembly Plant. And, you know, nothing better than to be able to do it in your backyard. And we're able to do this because the auto show moved. It used to be in January when it was frigid cold. Yeah. Now we're in September, and that's some of the best weather in Michigan you could ask for. So we're we're excited to do it in our hometown. And I think that is fantastic. Now, are you going to start weeding out any journalists to try to dress up so they can do this? Because you don't want those guys in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, in fact, we encourage them to dress up. Uh, we want them to be part of this. Uh, you know, and a, lot of them, a lot of them own Mustangs themselves. So it's even even more reason uh, that they need to be there and need to see this and, you know, really see how, uh, you know, one, Mustang's always been different, right? And it's also been quite different with respect to other Ford vehicles. It does have its own following, right? You may never, we have folks that would never maybe consider a Ford, but oh, they love their Mustang, right? Or reverse where it's been that kind of entry to Ford because it's been so exciting and such a unique ownership experience that they've, you know, found other Ford vehicles because of it. So we, you know, we know how important Mustang is, uh, especially in like the the smile states where you know the weather is arguably better than here in Detroit, and uh, you know it's it's just always stood for so many things, but more or less uh, it's always stood for that you know that self-expression and freedom of the road that 
you know, people want and they want to be part of. Right. And you're absolutely right. And, you know, and I haven't seen, like I said, I haven't seen any photos. I'm probably going to do that when I get offline with you. Because I can't imagine you doing better than the the 2022. I think that's probably one of the most stylish, beautiful Mustangs out of all of them. Even though my wife likes the 71 with the back flat window, which I'm just not a fan of that. But she loves that <laughs> Loves that car. So. I can't wait, but the new the, the the 22s, man. I tell you, they look good just sitting still. I mean, they are. I mean, they are that stylish. So I cannot wait to see what you did for 23. Yeah, there's there's no doubt the current the current Mustang, right? We we still can't build enough um, yeah. right now. It, it's a it's a great problem, but just the same as we've never had a more exciting lineup for Mustang than the 22 model year, which is a great uh, way to bring in the new 24. Um, for so, you know, we've got all these new additions like the Coastal Edition, a Stealth Edition. We even have uh, a, Herit- a GT500, Shelby GT500 Heritage Edition, which is really the top, 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 top of the line. Um, but, you know, again, we got to keep it exciting for the fans and enthusiasts. They all want, you know, something unique from the factory. They all want to make it their own. And uh, we'll continue that as uh, you'll see on September 14th at 8 p.m. with the new seventh generation Mustang. All right. Well, you know, you got to keep your designers excited too. You don't want them just doing cookie cutter. You want them to express themselves and, you know, throw out there the, all the all the ideas they have in their head. Now, is this going to be revealed on? Is anybody, anybody going to be able to watch it like YouTube, uh, Ford Channel, or anything like that? Absolutely. So across our Ford channels, which include Facebook and YouTube, we will have a live stream on Wednesday, September fourteenth, starting at eight p.m. So we encourage everyone to tune in. Right, it's only happened six other times in Mustang's history, right. um, and so here's the seventh. We encourage everyone to tune in if you're not here in Detroit. Now, will that be Central Time? It's uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, so you're what San Diego, so I'm you'll fine. be at 5 p.m. All right, I will be sitting in front of my uh, computer with bated breath. Should be a ton there of fun. We go. And if people want to get part of it, the best way to, to sign up is. It's MustangStampedeDetroit.com. Again, MustangStampedeDetroit.com to learn more, to be part of it. We also have a cross-country journey of Mustangs starting in Tacoma, Washington, making their way to Detroit, 3,000 miles. They're gathering Mustang owners along the way, part of, you know, helping to fuel that over 1,000 vehicles that are going to be descending on the uh, the show uh, when we do it on the 14th. So it's it's great, again, it's you know one. It's been America's sports car for the longest time, uh, you know, 58 years and going, and it's never stopped. Unlike others, we've always had a Mustang every year. All right, buddy. Well, hey, I look forward to it. Maybe we'll chat afterwards and talk about the excitement. Awesome. Thank you. Take care, buddy. Have a good week. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.